if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, did you hear Starbucks is rolling out a new type of ice? It's nugget ice, like you get at Chick-fil-A and Sonic, and some people are not happy. They like the old flaky ice better. Second, does anyone eat Jell-O anymore? Maybe at your Memorial Day picnic? Well, Jell-O just introduced new sparkling Jell-O in strawberry, lemon, and lime. You have to add sparkling water after the boiling water to get the taste. And finally, in the world of food, this may encourage all of us to eat a little bit healthier. They have brand new research that discovered that eating packaged foods like cereal and frozen meals has been associated with anxiety, depression and cognitive decline Mm. for the average American. 60 percent of our calories come from packaged foods. And I was uh, I saw this headline and told my husband, Glenn, I'm like, Man, if we got rid of all our packaged foods, our pantry and freezer would look a lot different. We'd starve. I know. It's so much easier to reach for chips or a granola bar instead of fruits or veggies when you're hungry. But hey, if it helps with anxiety and depression and cognitive decline, that's some good motivation there. You think that's really why everybody's so anxious and depressed nowadays? Because they're eating mac and cheese from According to this research, it does. Mm. So. Is that is that causality? Is that really causality there? I think it's just coincidental. Mm, I mean, no, no, no. I think there's something to it. I don't think so. They say that our gut is kind of like a second brain. It's mm. tied in with our emotions. Mm. Why are we eating so much packaged food to begin with? Because it's convenient. Because we're too busy. Maybe that's the problem. Not that you're eating mac and cheese out of a box. How can that be bad for you? It's so wonderfully delicious. There's no way. Coming up, can you stop a bank robber with kindness and a hug? Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Does it make you kind of chuckle sarcastically when I ask, can you stop a bank robbery with kindness and a hug? (laughs) Well, believe it or not, it really happened. A guy named Michael, who's 69 years old, walked into his bank in California like any other day and spotted a former neighbor talking to a teller. His first uh, tell that something was up, he had his shirt over his face. Hmm. And Eduardo had passed a note demanding money and claimed to have a bomb. Eduardo said there was nothing for him and he just wanted to go to jail. Well, Michael encouraged him to come outside with him, gave him a hug, and Eduardo started crying. And um, he was able to defuse the whole situation. So I was thinking we should all pray for Eduardo that this is his chance to turn his life around. Wow. That someone can Hmm. give him a job and he can feel like, you know... He's got a purpose in life. Wow. What a story. Yeah. What are the chance? Right place at the right time, yeah. right? They say with God, there's no coincidences. I think mm-hmm. that that's it coming to life right there. Taylor, just back from a fabulous European vacation. I have a very specific question for you. It's going to relate to everyone listening right okay, now. Cool. Okay, cool. And I can't wait to hear about your trip, okay, too. Well, this, is a, this is specifically about travel and airports. We're going to talk about it next. With summer and the travel season here, my big question for you, Taylor, is on the news before Memorial Day weekend, they Mm -hmm. were screaming from the highest rafters, travel apocalypse. This time last summer, it was gridlock and people were left for days and days in the airport with their flights not connecting. And and is it going to happen again? So since you were traveling and people are either going to be traveling by air this summer or they probably have a loved one or friend that's going to. Mm-hmm. What did you and Glenn experience with all your planes, trains, and automobiles? Was there any gridlock, any delays, any like, oh uh, no, are we going to catch our plane? We moments? had one little moment where I was tweeting the airline. Um, we um, we got on the plane to come home 
And they said at the airport where we were having having our layover, yeah. they were doing construction on a runway. Okay. And so we got delayed 40 minutes and we already had a really tight connection to begin with. Ooh. So we had a lot of time to like be like, no. And so when the plane landed, we we had it was one of those airports where you have to wait for a bus to take you to the actual to the terminal. And so then once we got off the bus, we ran to passport control and then ran to our gate because we did not want to miss that plane. And we couldn't believe our bags made it because it was a pretty tight connection. But yeah, who who handled that stress better, you or Glenn? Um, uh, I think, believe it or not, it was me. No kidding. He had already looked up a place for us to stay in that city in case we got stuck. Wow. He had looked up a hotel. In case. Wow, no kidding. And I was huh. like, oh, no, no, we can run and maybe they'll hold it if enough of us are delayed. And You should have been yeah. like, oh, he was looking to prolong your vacation a little bit. <laughs> uh, that was pretty, that was pretty you know, cool. No, once you've used up your last clean pair of underwear and you have no luggage, <laughs> it's not vacation Turn anymore. those babies inside out. You're good to go. <laughs> Cheer up. You'll smell like everyone else. <laughs> All right. We had a, we had a situation a few years ago where we were running through an airport and we made the connection, but something really bad happened while Uh we were running. Tell you that story next. So we're talking about uh, vacations. Hopefully you got some vacation time with your family. Taylor is doing some traveling, had to run through an airport. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tracy and I had to do that one time too, when we had a very tight connection flight and our flight landing was late. So we only had like five minutes in Philadelphia to get from one terminal to another. We had to, this was a long way away. Yikes. Uh, so we're, they asked, if you don't have a tight connection, please remain in your seat and let everyone get off first that has one. Oh, that never works. Which everyone ignored. Yeah. Right? No one yeah, did yeah. that. Um, and we're going up the, what do they call that? The little thing that connects the plane to the terminal? Whatever that, uh, that little yeah. tunnel, whatever that is. We're going through that tunnel. And this lady was walking really slow in front of Tracy. So Tracy went to go around her mm-hmm. and the lady literally jumped in front of her and said, no, you go around the other way. And when she did that, Tracy planted her leg and pushed off. She tore her meniscus <gasps> like between oh. planes. Right. And she knew she, she had done it to her other leg like a couple of years prior. She knew it right away. She goes, I just tore my meniscus. I said, are you sure? So we're limping. She's literally like hopping oh. through the Philadelphia airport to make this connection. And I said, should we just call this a trip right now and, and you know, head home, call the insurance company and say, hey, we couldn't go uh, yeah. because of a medical emergency. And she was like, no, 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 let's let's get on the plane and decide. So over the Atlantic Ocean on our way to Rome oh. with the pressure in the airplane, making her knee feel like Ow. just awful. <sighs> She said, no, I think I can gut it out. Let's let's go and we'll make the most of it. So we did. We just uh, we moved through Rome very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> but we still wow, got to go. Wow, she's a trooper. She That's, was. Yeah, because I, I can talk about it later, but I'm I have an injury today. <laughs> so I can empathize with. Oh, my mind's nothing like a torn meniscus. Yeah, so that, I can't imagine the pain she was in. There was surgery in her future. <laughs> As a parent or an aunt or a babysitter, you know how quick kids are. They're little escape artists. So see how you feel about this mom's trick to keeping track of the littles. Okay. She uses Apple AirTags. Yep. (laughs) The same ones you can use for your purse and your luggage. 
She says she's extremely paranoid as a mom and their safety is worth her being called a crazy mom. She doesn't care what you think of her. I saw a TikTok about a mom who puts Apple Air tags and bracelets on her kids and you can train your kids to come when they hear the beeping noise. Beep for us. Beep for us. What did you need? What did you need, mom? Like, wow. she instead of ringing the bell, the dinner bell, like your mom did when you were a kid, Kev, she beeps the AirPods and the little girl's little four and two year old come running across the house. She buys them on Amazon and she says they're super helpful with her daughters. In the house. She needs to know she loses her children in the house. I guess she's afraid of them running off from the backyard. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I, I didn't interview okay. the mom. Uh, in everyday life, no. You go on vacation or something, I could mm-hmm. see you. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe put, put it, you know, hey, put this in your pocket if we go to the airport or something. We lost so. one of my little five-year-old twins at yeah. Atlanta's Hartsfield Airport, and there was nothing but panic yeah. in our family. I got lost at a stadium one time. Ooh. Um, and there was no panic. They didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> my parents always left me at church. They had so many children, they didn't even notice I wasn't in the car. Well, maybe then we just made our own argument that this mom is on to something. I mean, but it's Look at all the times just me though. and you have been left. Situational, though. It can't, I mean, around your house, really? You can't just say, hey, I need you in the kitchen. But then they would know I got left at church and like, Mrs. Turner gave me a ride home. <laughs> they could see I was on my way. <laughs> I don't know. Weird world we're living in now. So maybe you're not going to put air tags on your children to keep track of them, but we all do have different strategies and plans in place. If you get lost, here's what I want you to do, right? We, we tell our kids that kind of thing. So what is your strategy? If someone gets separated from the family or from the group, do you guys have a plan in place to find each other? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Courtney. So how about you? What are some things you do? You heard this mom does Apple AirPods on her four and two-year-old daughters. But what do you do to try to keep track of your kids and keep them safe? So I have taught my girls since they were little that if they get lost in like a store or something, they don't go around saying, Mommy, where are you? They say Marco and I say Polo. <gasps> that oh, is brilliant. Yes. So then people just um, think she's playing a game, not that she's all Yes. Uh, yes. You're genius. Wow. That is super smart. You know what yeah. else we told our kids to? Try to find a store employee, somebody that if you're in Target, yes. look for somebody in the somebody khaki that pants has a and the red shirt. shirt. That works there. That's yeah. really smart. Too. Right. Look, or if you're out at an event or something, find a police officer, somebody that's in charge of security. When we lost my yeah. little five year old sister at Hartsfield, the world's busiest airport, they had taught her, stay where you are, don't move. And luckily, she not only stood where she was, but started crying. (laughs) And thank God, a flight attendant spotted her and stayed with her until my parents came back. Because she had just kept walking when we stopped. I bet they're trained for that, too. Flight attendants and stuff to look for that. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling. We really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. I love listening to you guys. This is not the best uh, first day back for me from uh, having some time off. I... uh, I'm limping around, and I almost need a crutches. <laughs> Kevin's had a, a blast making jokes. We'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So for me, it's been a little bit of an adventure the last 24 hours because I um, got back from vacation, had a day before I had to be back at work, which was really nice. Never done that before. And um, I was really careful on our trip. Like We went on this big, long hike, Kev, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right. You need to be careful because you're like really far from where someone might be able to help you if you get hurt. 
So I, I, I made it through the whole vacation. Never got hurt. No, no hikes hurt me. No tripping anywhere. Even when I ran through the airport, I was good. Get home, get laundry going, go for a trail run right by my house. And uh, I twisted my foot. I don't know if it's my ankle, oh. my foot or what, but it was at first you're like, this is it, this is it. And then you walk a little bit and you're like, okay, I'm going to be okay. And I finished my run. Yeah. And then I like kept doing laundry and I was on it all day. And then all of a sudden late in the day last night, it like, I don't know what other word to use. It's like seized up. Mm -hmm. I could not put weight on it. I was in excruciating (laughs) pain. And my husband had to help me. He's like, what all do you need me to help you do to get ready for work? I'm like, I got to pack my, my lunch and I need help with this and can you hand me this and he's like you just need to get in bed you need to elevate it and get in bed and so um I slept okay I woke up a lot from the pain and then this morning when I got up it was moment of truth like I massaged it real big and I got up and I was able to put weight on it but Mm -hmm. I had borrowed I have crutches in my car just in case it seizes up again and Kevin's just been like teasing me he's like how are you doing, Gimpy? Yeah, and like, like uh, making fun of how much I'm limping around. Like be, being at, being at work with a like I brought my mom to work because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I so moving, slow. Am I moving too slow for you? No, no, it's fine. You're getting around great for a lady in your condition. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had a birthday too, so I'm like, great. You're not getting any younger, but. <laughs> I'm trying I used to, to be like, able to spring back from these kind of uh, things. Look at me now. I'm trying ow, to keep it all in perspective because all I can think of is great. I just went on vacation and didn't exercise that much. Now I can't exercise now that I'm back. And that's like my that's like my Maybe that's God's keep way myself sane time. Telling you to slow down. I guess. You need to just spend some quiet time with him on your back porch. I guess so. <laughs> I don't have a back porch, but out in the backyard. Whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but, but you, you yeah. mentioned your birthday. Uh, I, I have a birthday present for you. You do that I would like to give you on the air. Yeah, it relates. It relates to something you were talking about on the show a few weeks ago. Oh, um, and I saw this thing and I was like, "That's it. That's the birthday present for Taylor." All right, all right. I can't wait. So, birthday okay. present for Taylor next. So you were mentioning uh, before you left uh, that uh, your mom came for a visit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she came visit. Great visit. Mm-hmm. And then, and then while you were gone, it was your birthday. So yes. combine your mother's visit and your birthday, and I have for you a birthday present. This is for you. <gasps> I think I know Go what ahead, this is. Open it up. There's a whole story behind. Open this. it up, and yeah, it totally relates to your mother's visit. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, Taylor! With love, a sewing kit. My mom could not believe that I didn't have a needle and thread in the home. She was appalled, like she had failed me as a mother. Do you see? I, I spared no expense. Yes. That's, that's from a hotel that Tracy and I <laughs> And I brought it here to the station because I thought, why not? Yeah, are you the person that keeps the toiletries at the hotel? I am. You know what's really funny about this? is hysterical, and I cannot wait to tell my mom about this. Yeah. Because the very first hotel we stayed in, they had a sewing kit that was like the, it was like a, a pushpin pillow. Like it was this little white pillow and it had pushpins yeah. and, and it had safety pinned onto it with some buttons and a needle. And I'm, I sent a picture to my mom. I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm going to bring this home. And then I collected a sewing kit from every hotel room. There you go. See? And I told my mom, I said, mom, you can't make this up. We were on this one panoramic road and there was a hike you could do to this cave. And in the cave, they had the world's oldest needle. <laughs> like what are the chances? It once belonged to your mom. 
It's from the Bronze Age. So, so there you go. Are you there? So now you, I've got like thoughtful? yet another one. It's so good. Was I'm that not, thoughtful? Do you know how many I have now? Thanks to you collecting yours from your hotel well, room and me. I've got like five needles well, in the house now. Why did you tell now. your mom you had no sewing kit then if you did? I did it when she was here. I collected them on this oh, past trip. On this trip. past trip. I got you. Okay. Yeah, from every hotel I room, I grabbed the sewing prior. kit. And she laughed so hard when I told her that I collected every sewing <laughs> kit. Now I get to call her today and well, say, cover. Kevin well, collected me another one. You should keep that one here. This one's so awesome because it has one, here. two, three, four. It has six needles in it. Look at that. This huh? is the best one I've seen. That's right. And they're they're categorized by age. Because like if you're really old, you can't see the small one. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> you have to get a kid to thread that needle for you. <laughs> so the, the, if you notice, the biggest one, the hole, the opening for the thread, yeah. it's, like, it's like the size of a dime. <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome. How thoughtful. Thank you so much. Do you feel like you're having a hard time getting a good night's sleep? Insomnia is a common sleep disorder, which can involve uh, not being able to fall asleep, get good quality sleep, or even stay asleep. Well, this could be super helpful. Stop watching the clock. Insomniacs (laughs) lose sleep while thinking about losing sleep. The more stressed you are about not sleeping, the harder it is to fall back asleep. So cover up your clock Ditch the smartwatch and get the phone out of the bedroom. And they say that is the number one thing they they tell you if you go visit a speech specialist. That's day get one. Get rid of the clocks. No clock, no wa- smartwatch, no smartphone in the bedroom. So then you'll just lie there wondering what time it is <laughs> <laughs> instead of knowing. I wonder. I wonder how long it's been. <laughs> right, exactly. How much longer till my alarm clock goes off? <laughs> how did you meet your better half? Is there a story there? I bet there is. I met a guy the other day, Taylor, compelling story of how he and his wife of almost 40 years, how one decision determined whether they would meet or not. I love stories. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. So my wife and I, every summer we go um, to a Beatles festival to kind of kick off our summer. It's Memorial Day weekend. We go every year. Uh, This year, no exception. And um, one of the things they have is that they have a lot of artists and vendors and stuff around. So I was talking to this one guy, he's an artist, um, and we're chatting and chatting and Somehow he started telling me a story of how he met his wife. Um, now, he was, he was a little older. He had served in Vietnam. And he said he served in Vietnam. He came home and, and he, he was just looking to like completely decompress from that experience. Mm. Like he was just like, I just needed. He goes, I think they call it me time. nowadays. <laughs> <He goes, laughs> I, I was in definite need of me time. Yeah. And he said, I had a cousin that had moved to Lake Tahoe. He lived. Ooh, he was from nice. Illinois. Love Lake Tahoe. Right. And he said he had a cousin that had moved to Lake Tahoe and started a business there, like on the lake. And he said, move out here with me. You will have a blast. You will forget all of your troubles. Just soak in the sun and enjoy Lake Tahoe. He's like, all right, I'm coming. So he gets home and uh, and his other cousin started a machinery shop or something there in Illinois. And he was like, hey, go, yeah, go to Lake Tahoe. But help me. I, all I need is like three weeks. Give me three weeks help me get my business started, then go to Lake Tahoe. He's like, all right, three weeks, I'll, I'll help you. But in three weeks, I'm going to Lake Tahoe. California is the place for me. I am getting nothing but sunshine in Lake Tahoe. He never went. He, <gasps> he stayed. met a woman. He met the woman that was going to become his wife. And he's like, had I gone, had I said, no, I'm leaving. Sorry, I'm out of here. Had I not stayed and helped wow. my other cousin, I would have never met my wife. And he started crying like teary-eyed he goes i wouldn't have my kids 
I wouldn't have my grandkids. I wouldn't have this wonderful life that I've had had I gone Aww. to Lake Tahoe. I love that story. And I thought that was really interesting, not just interesting from his standpoint, but I would love to hear from, from everybody else. Did you have one key decision like him? I if, did. If he'd have gone to California... Mm-hmm. It would have never. He would have never met his wife. Yeah. Do you have one of those situations? I totally do. But yeah, we want to hear yours. Cav, I think it's so cool that you met that guy at the Beatles festival that um, said if he had made that one little decision to go to Tahoe, he wouldn't have met his wife. Mm-hmm. I call that sliding doors. And I started thinking about it. And both you and Tracy and me and Glenn have sliding doors stories, too. Let's talk about it next. So that guy you met at the Beatles Festival, he would not have met his wife if he had gone out to Tahoe to work with his cousin. One decision changed his life. Thank goodness he stayed in Illinois. Um, Well, I think you and me both have the same thing with our spouses. So think about it. If you hadn't chosen that elective and that class where Tracy was shy and you got up and said, I'll act around Acting arts class. You might not have met her. Nope. And then for me, I was at Wheaton College and I knew I wanted to do um, student missionary project one summer and I knew I wanted to do Wheaton in the Holy Lands. And I was so excited because you earned 10 Bible credits. And I was like, you know what? I might as well get the credits under my belt first and then I'll do student missionary project the next summer. And if I had reversed it, I would have never met my husband, Glenn. Wow. Because I had never seen him on campus once. Hmm. Isn't that wild? Who knows who you would have met then? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) John, we're talking about one fateful decision that changed the course of your life. What was it for you? For me, it was, um, I had just moved from New Mexico to Arizona, and I didn't know a soul out there. My friend, who still lives in New Mexico, told me uh, if I couldn't find a roommate, he said, spend like 50 bucks on this website called like roommates.com or find a roommate, whatever, right? I didn't want to do it. I must have waited six, eight weeks, nothing. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. I end up interviewing a woman that ultimately became my wife, and this year we're celebrating 20 years. Wow. No kidding. (laughs) Looking for a roommate. You got one for life. She brought me to Christ and changed Uh my life in such a way. She introduced me to so many things that I never had in my life. Um, We've adopted three boys out of foster care, and... He has been, there are no words, all because I didn't want to spend 50 bucks on a, on a website for a roommate, not even a dating website, just like find a roommate. And um, it was just one of those things where it was amazing. Just when I met her, it was like there was just something about her. And if you ask her, she said the same thing. Now, the funny thing is, I didn't pick her for a roommate, but if you ask her, she didn't pick me. But we still ended up um, getting together after out, and uh, you know, like I said, the rest of history. Wow! What a great story! Thanks That's for sharing awesome. that. So have you ever had to do team building exercises? Is that a requirement where you work? I, I never have. I've never worked anywhere that had team building where you like I don't know what they call them like uh, trust falls and. Some people have to do rope courses and stuff like that. Well, I had the funniest encounter with a woman while I was on vacation. Um, We were in this remote area of Slovenia. Yes, we were in Slovenia. It was a beautiful country, by the way. Highly recommend. But anyway, we're on this big hike and it's, uh, you know, pretty strenuous. We were dripping in sweat by the time we got to this top area to look in the view. And it was just stunning seeing God's creation. Well, we're coming back down, and the first thing that happened, we encountered encountered this lady that kind of like um, hike shamed me. She was like, "You need to slow down. You slow down. Slovenian mountains are very, very dangerous." And I was like, "Okay." 
and I'm using my, as Kevin calls them, my European hiking poles. So I'm trying to be careful. And and then she tells me I need different shoes that I shouldn't be wearing. My trail shoes. I need like ankle high boots. And I was like, okay, Who is this person. I don't know. I don't know. Leave but I alone, think I, when I tell you the rest of the story, I think I might know who she is. So we keep going and we run into these two young women and it was really cool. They started speaking to my husband in Slovenian and he said, is it okay to speak English? And he's, she's like, oh, sure. And she sounds like she's from Ohio, like no accent or anything when she speaks English. Um, Cause most people learn it in school there. And she starts asking my husband, Hey, how much further to the top? And he starts trying to do the math and she goes, just lie to me. Just please just lie to me. Lie to me about the top. <laughs> and he goes, I think you're at least 30 minutes. And she's like, no, I think my boss hates us. She's making us do this team building exercise and she wants us to die. <laughs> so I think the lady that hike shamed me a few minutes earlier up ahead was her boss. And I said, uh-huh. I got to ask. I said, you're doing this for team building. What what kind of industry are you in? And she said, dentistry. <laughs> we wow. just laughed so hard. She's like, I just hate this. I cannot wait for this to be over. And I said, well, I'm on vacation. I'm doing this by choice. <laughs> right. I paid good money to be here. Yeah. Hey, are you holding a grudge coming up? What that's doing to your health? Hey, do you feel like you're holding a grudge against someone Forgiveness can lead you to better mental health. According to a new study from Harvard, it revealed that forgiving others could benefit your overall mental health. And people who went through this forgiveness workbook that encouraged them to recall hurt feelings instead of suppressing them, as well as empathizing with the offender. uh, This is pretty wild. People who did the workbook reported reduced symptoms of anxiety and depression Compared to those who did not receive the forgiveness workbooks. And you do hear that, you know, when you forgive, you're doing more damage. Uh, when you don't forgive, you're doing more damage to yourself than that person. Yeah. Because that person is just, you know, they've moved on with their life. And you're mm-hmm. the one stuck with the grudge that's making you sick and giving you anxiety and depression and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything else. Yeah. Huh. Forgiveness. Yeah. I guess that's why uh, Jesus made it cornerstone yep. <laughs> of his, his time on earth, right? Exactly. You got to forgive. You got to forgive, y'all. You don't need to answer this out loud, but be honest. Coming up, have you ever pretended not to see a mess so you don't have to clean it up? (laughs) Hey, probably best for you not to answer this out loud, especially if you're with your family right now. But have you ever pretended not to see a mess so you you don't have to clean it up? Totally. You have? Oh, absolutely. Oh, we got to have you fess up in a minute. According (laughs) to a new anonymous survey... Half of people admit they've totally done that. Oh, and if you're the one of the many people who really don't like to clean, this may be why. The average person's home only lasts 12 days after being clean before it starts to get dirty again. And I was like, what? I feel like our house, even this is just me and Glenn, we don't even have a dog right now. And it starts to get dirty again within like 10 minutes of me cleaning. <laughs> What's this 12 days? There's no way my house stays clean for 12 days. Wow. What, can can someone say OCD? Ten minutes later, you feel like it's getting dirty already. It can, really? like if one of us walks outside and comes back in, and there's like dirt and leaves and stuff on our feet, <laughs> or I blow dry my hair and then the hairs are on the floor. No, I'm not that. I'm not. And OCD. you feel like the house is dirty, and like you got to clean it again. No, I because it of that. starts to get dirty. I don't feel like it has to be. No, I don't clean it again. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, so you see a mess and leave it. You just admitted it. 
You have to. Like, you see a certain you things. Leave it. Yeah. Else, that's all you would be I doing. I have a very specific circumstance that I have done. I guarantee you have done. Everyone has done this. And it's it's technically seeing a mess, recognizing it, and leaving it. You guarantee? Do you I want to put a little wager on this? I guarantee you that everyone listening has done this. I'll, I'll bet you Starbucks. Okay. Okay, so when I tell you what this thing is, a mess that you have left... I'm telling everyone listening right now, 100%, there's not one person listening that hasn't done this. You're all going to go, oh, yeah. Kev, is this at Kev, home? you're right. Kev, at, you're so at our right. home? Yes, this is at okay, home. Okay, because I you thought you were going to say the, the kitchen past, at work. may have even done it in the past few days. Okay. You make something on the stove or whatever. Yeah. And you have a pan, mm-hmm. and you just don't feel like washing it. So what do you do? You let it soak. Let it soak. <laughs> right? You've done it, haven't you? Uh, you have uh, come on. Okay, here's the question on. though: How long do you let it soak? Because for me, it's usually maybe like while we're eating, or maybe for like an hour. But I, I can't. I get an You've eye twitch if I leave it there all night. Overnight, you know? no, I can't. See, you I, do have OCD. <laughs> no, I'm not OCD. I'm just no. That's OCD. I, don't, I just don't like overnight? my uh, finding a mess in the morning. That's one all. pan. But but you've done it. You have let it soak rather oh, yeah. than wash it. Yeah, so See? I guess I owe you a coffee, don't I? Yeah, you do.